Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sisters in Scripture. Tonight, we are going to be talking about the Garden of Gethsemane, Luke chapter 22, 39 through 46, and also Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. And with me, as always, I've got my sisters, Sister Glow. Hey, everybody. And Lady T. What's up, y'all? And me, Mayor Bear. So we're going to go ahead and pray in. Father God, we come to you this evening just asking you to give us knowledge and wisdom as we go through the verses and teachings of tonight. Allow for the listeners or ears to be open and their minds to be able to receive the information as well as us to receive the information and have our minds open. I pray that we have a great up and coming week and we can navigate through all of our trials and tribulation and you protect us along with all of our friends, families, and et cetera. Pray these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. 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 All right. So the story of Gethsemane, and I love saying that word. It's so fun to say. So if you're ever in a jam and you don't want to cuss, just say Gethsemane and you'll feel so much better. But anyway, this happened right after Jesus and his disciples ate the Last Supper. So the Last Supper for our listeners who don't know is the night before Jesus got arrested to be crucified. He and his disciples sat down, they ate, they broke bread and Jesus announced that one of his disciples was going to betray him and then pointed it out that Judas was the one who betrayed him which ultimately came true well ultimately was true but right after they ate dinner Jesus decided to go to this garden named Gethsemane now Gethsemane was full of a whole bunch of olive trees and Jesus went there often to pray So his disciples did what they do best and they followed him to Gethsemane. But Jesus told them, sit here while I pray. And he just took Peter, James and John with him and then told them, my soul is gravely overwhelmed. Please stay with me and keep watch. And Peter, James and John was like, cool, Jesus will stay here. We'll keep watch. Don't, no worries. Go ahead, pray. Jesus walked up just a little bit farther ahead of them. And he put his face to the ground. He just prayed and prayed and prayed. And he said, Lord, everything is possible for you. If you are willing, please take this cup away from me. But not my will. Your will be done. Jesus just continued to pray and pray and pray. And I think that probably James, John and Peter fell asleep at that time because that's the only thing they heard. Then they fell asleep because that's really the only thing they wrote about. With the exception of John, because in his chapter, he wrote a lot more about the prayer. But Jesus kept on going and he prayed so much that he started to sweat blood, sweat blood, and it was dripping to the ground. When he saw that his disciples were sleeping, he went over there and he was like, man, guys, y'all didn't even last an hour. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went on ahead and he continued to pray. 
And they dozed off again. And Jesus was like, oh, goodness, they're asleep again. So he continued to pray. And they dozed off again. And Jesus was like, oh, my gosh. And an angel appeared to Jesus while he was praying so profusely in the garden. And the angel strengthened Jesus. So when Jesus was finished praying, he went over to his disciples who were still sleeping. And he said to them, you guys are still sleeping? Get up. It's my time. My betrayer is coming. And right after that, Judas came with his peoples who wanted to arrest Jesus so they could crucify him. So that is the story of Gethsemane. Ladies, what do you think? So I will definitely say I felt the disciples that might have possibly been me sleeping. (laughs) dozing off. <laughs> right. I mean, I might have, I probably wouldn't have completely fell asleep. I think I would have been, <laughs> like Jesus came back and I would have been like, hey, 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 Rabbi, how you doing? You, you, you pray okay? <laughs> I might have fallen asleep. Maybe, I don't know, but I'm sure he was fervently praying for quite some time and it's late. So, mm-hmm. and they just, they just ate. So I don't I don't understand how he couldn't understand. He's all knowing, he knows he can't stay away. But I will say, because we, we really only hear what Jesus really prayed more than anything in detail in I think Matthew over Luke. But I know one is very detailed as to what he specifically prayed and versus the other one. Um, wasn't quite as detailed but that was some fervent prayer the fact that he was bleeding as he prayed yeah so that's really interesting right because Luke honestly is the only one who talks about that phenomenon with Jesus being in so much anguish that he was bleeding and of course Luke would say it because he's a doctor and he'd be the one to say look at this medical condition that Jesus had well you know in actuality it is truly a medical condition it's a very rare medical condition only like probably a few people have been recorded as actually having done this So it's when you are so stressed out that the capillaries that are surrounding your sweat glands, they start to rupture and then the blood gets into your sweat and you start sweating blood. And it only happens when you are either, either you're severely physically or severely emotionally distressed. So you can see that since this is such a rare condition and Jesus had a He wasn't exaggerating about this extreme anguish. It was extreme, extreme anguish. Mm -hmm. And I also found it interesting that Matthew was more detailed in the praying about how much he was praying in terms of he came back to them three times versus Luke was probably more focused on Jesus' anguish and the sweating of the blood. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, they're two different authors. They have two different, they're two different people completely. So it is quite the interesting portion of it because Matthews is more detailed in that point in terms of especially when he scolds the disciples as to why they're sleeping versus in Luke, he's just like, why are you all sleeping? You couldn't even keep watch. Come on, let's go. (laughs) We got things to do. So Mm -hmm. I found that interesting. What I found interesting as well 
I mean, everything was interesting with the detailing, but I think what really stood out to me was when he asked God to take this cup away from him was about to happen. Mm-hmm. The whole crucifixion. He was asking him, if this is your doing, no, I basically he knew that this is your doing, but the way it's worded, it was like, even though I know that it's you that's doing it, I'm still asking you. But even though it's my desire for you to take it away from me, and that to me, I mean, you know, and, and I hear a lot of people when they pray, they say that. But mm-hmm. the the importance of it is like you're basically saying all the desires that I have said just now, Lord. Yeah, I just told you what I wanted. But you know what? I trust that you know best for me. And most mm-hmm. of the time, I don't think a lot of people understand when they say not my will, but yours. That's basically the same thing that you're saying that I can't bear what's happening. But if it's your will for me to be in this mess right now that I can't bear. And I feel like I can't bear it, but because you put me in it, I'm going to stay in it till you're ready to take me out. Not when I'm ready. That to Mm -hmm. me is so powerful. He's basically putting that map out for us saying, regardless of what you're going through, God has equipped you to do it but our own flesh. And he talked about the flesh, but even he talked about his flesh. At that moment, he knew the the purpose, the assignment was to be fulfilled. But at the moment, Jesus in his flesh was saying, I can't do this Mm -hmm. as a human. And, you know, but his spirit was willing, but his flesh was also, flesh was also weak at the same time. And he's saying, Lord, please, Like, if you can just take this away, but you know what? Whatever you got me in this mess, let it be so. Because I trust you enough to know what's best for me and what's best for everyone. Mm -hmm. And you know, also, Lady T, what you're saying, he piggybacks that further in Matthew when he comes back and found the disciples sleeping again. And he was fussing Mm -hmm. at them. And he said, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So he's further just saying that even to the disciples, he himself is willing. But he being a human, the flesh of his human, he's he's scared. He's nervous, but he trusts in God so much that he's going to go through it. Just like you said, that's important because he was given a, a bit of uh, advice or some knowledge to the disciples. But he was also probably reinforcing what he needs to say to himself Hmm. yeah he was talking to himself as well as disciples like his flesh is weak but his spirit is strong but i i you know what i love that too the that prayer not my will but your will be done because i'm gonna just speak from experience life is not all rainbows and butterflies and sometimes you go through Uh things that are (laughs) really hard to go through even things that it that are in truly in God's will, like for instance, like the death of a family member. You see that your family member is on the bed sick and dying, and it hurts you because you don't want to. You don't want your your family member to die. But when you say that prayer, 
and this is me per speaking personally too, not my will, but your will be done. It almost reminds you, it doesn't almost, it does remind you that God is in charge, that he got this, that he got you, that his will is perfect, it's good, and it's going to work out even if, you know, you're going through a hard time, like losing a family member or if you get diagnosed with, you know, some kind of crazy disease like cancer or whatever, whatever hardship it is that you're going through. When you pray that prayer, it's like you're reminded that God's got this. It is in his hands and it doesn't even matter what the outcome is because either your family member is going to go to heaven or you're going to go to heaven or, you know, or you're going to be healed. So either way, if you're healed or you're not healed, if your family member is healed or if they die, you know that it's God's will. And that and when you pray that prayer, let your will be done in this matter, then you know that God's going to answer that prayer. Here's his will is going to be done. And no matter what the outcome is, it's ultimately in his hands and in his plan and in his plans. So it's going to be good no matter what. So I mean, it does help just even to say that prayer when you're going through something, it helps immensely. So I love that Jesus modeled that for us of something to something to say when we're going through that kind of anguish. Please, Lord, let your be your let your will be done in this situation. Mm -hmm. And the fact too, it was he's going through all of this anguish and he's giving himself a, a bit of a pep talk and he knows what's about to happen, especially being that he's getting ready to be betrayed. Mm -hmm. It speaks high volumes that I mean, of course, he's he's Jesus. You know, he can't be on the ground crying somewhere in the corner. He's got to, you know, take it like a G, keep it pushing because that's, <laughs> you know, that's what he is. But I I found it, I I found it really wonderful that he's in the human flesh, but he's still God and the Son of Man. But the flesh is the flesh, and he shows that the flesh is weak and showed that he too is scared or concerned or whichever however emotion you want to put it it's just that he believed enough in God that he was willing and ready to go through with it even though physically wise he wasn't and knowing everything to come being that he was going to betray it and be crucified and the fact that he took all of this information was still able to hold his head up high and present, especially like when he had to carry the cross and everything. It it just, it speaks volumes. Right. It really does. And he knew that was coming. And it is also good to know, as you kind of alluded to, that Jesus felt everything that we feel now. So he knows what it feels to be betrayed. He knows what it feels to have physical pain. He knows what it what it feels like to have love and joy and to weep when you have a loved one who's died like he knows how all those things feel and it feels very good to have a god who knows all those things because then when you're going through it you know that you're not going through it alone you know you have someone there god who you can talk to about all those those things and who actually understands because they've been through it you know so that also feels very good and this is one of those examples of why jesus is so freaking awesome <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, uh, hematohydrosis. That is the name of sweating blood. Like I say, it's a very rare condition, but it is a true condition that actually happens to people. So it's interesting. I found it quite interesting that good old Matthew, he called it Gethsemane. 
<laughs> being Mr. Pinpointer was like the Mount of Olive because it has all the olive trees. Dr. Luke. Dr. Luke and Luke. Yes. So I just, <laughs> I just found that funny. He was like, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to call it Mount Olives because of all the olive trees. Okay, that was all. Well, Gethsemane actually means olive press. And so probably mm -hmm. um, Gethsemane was filled with a whole bunch of olive trees. They probably had an olive press in it. And I think that that is actually pretty symbolic because when you press an olive, it makes olive oil. And olive oil was actually very honor honored or honorable in that time because it was actually used to anoint people. It was like, you know, when, um, for instance, when, Samuel chose David to be king. He used the olive oil to anoint his head. And there's, I know there's so many other examples of the use of olive oil throughout the Bible to anoint people. And I don't think that it's a coincidence that Jesus prayed in a place where an olive got pressed to create something that's anointing. Just like Jesus is about to get pressed and stretched and all that kind of stuff on the cross so that he can, his blood will spill and basically bless all of us, anoint all of us um, and cover all of us. So I don't think that that is coincidence. I think that that is very symbolic and I think it's a beautiful symbolism. I agree. I just thought it was hilarious that he was like, I'm not calling it Gethsemane. I just like Gethsemane. Gethsemane is such a fun word. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Or so what did you all think about when he was talking to the disciples about staying up? The mm. symbolism of it. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's something about uh, uh, <laughs> Childish Gambino kept on running through my head and I'm like thinking like, so stay woke. Doo, doo, doo. <laughs> like I'm like hearing this in my head. I know it's not a gospel song, but I don't care. I heard it in my head because Jesus... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus was really calling us stay your best folk and to me stay woke has a lot of meanings definitely be alert you want to be alert because the schemes of the devil mm -hmm. are out there the devil is prowling around like a lion <laughs> looking for who he can consume so you have to stay alert because you don't want to be a victim of whatever the devil's got going on and and also in order in order for that to happen, you have to be enlightened by the truth. So you kind of got to stay in God's word. You got to live correctly mm -hmm. so that you're not a victim of the devil's schemes. You got to stay away from sin, stay away from the devil, and really chase after God. You got to be chase, be awake, chasing after God, so that you can be wise and alert it to anything that might try to come up against you and that way you can fight it right so in my eyes that's what um jesus said by staying awake mm -hmm. and i feel like it shouldn't matter because i'm sure the disciples they were probably a little bit stressed out too that was a very stressful dinner they had you know jesus was like yo i'm gonna die and you know judas he just betrayed me and judas ran out of the room and it was probably very emotional for um the rest of the 11 disciples to hear all this and to witness all this so they was probably emotionally stressed they was probably tired because it was night like you said they had just eaten this big old meal so that was all you know settling in their stomach and so it it's like it is understandable that they fell asleep however i feel like 
the message here is that even in this the hardest of times, even when you're about to lose a loved one, even when someone betrays you, even when you're physically harmed or physically tired, emotionally drained, you still got to be alert and awake because you got to be prepared for, you know, anything that tries to come up against you. So that's what my mm -hmm. take was. What do you guys think? Well, I agree 100% with all of that. To me, the spiritual, the other side of the uh, sleep could also mean spiritually being, you know, sleeping spiritually. Have you guys ever had that experience where you're sleeping and like two in the morning, you wake up and you don't understand and you're like, why can't I go back to sleep? Mm -hmm. Why is because your flesh wants to sleep, but your spirit, the Lord is waking you up. And at that point is to pray. Mm. But we, we as humans, we tend to be, find everything else surrounding us, temptation, right? Mm -hmm. To distract us instead of doing what we're supposed to do. And I just thought about, you know, just when he said, you can't even stay up with me for like an hour, mm -hmm. you know? And like, we, do we find it robbery to just stay up and pray? For that one hour right. that we can't go back to sleep. You know, so I looked at it as a spiritual sleep um, in that aspect as well. He said, watch and pray, least you enter into temptation. When we go to sleep, that's when, as we know, the enemy's playground is our mindset, right? Mm -hmm. So when we sleep and it's like God is saying... Yeah, you're physically asleep, but mentally and spiritually, you shouldn't be completely asleep. And I'm taking it to another level. When we take altering uh, items like being drunk to get drunk drunk, right? Mm -hmm. You're completely mentally shut down as well. Physically, mm -hmm. spiritually, all of that. That's when the enemy has that that playground to play with. But when you are spiritually inclined, oh, when God says, wake up, you jump in. And that's when he's, he's telling us not to basically just find a robbery to, you know, stay up that hour and say, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? Or just listen. But I just want the listeners to, you know, just be aware that whenever you wake up in the middle of the night, it's not just because your body can't go back to sleep. It's God talking to you and he wants right. you to, to pray or to listen to what he has for you to say, um, to hear. Yes. Amen. Because like, even in this story, when they were sleeping, the angel came and was talking yep. to Jesus or whatever. Something, something happened where we missed it all because, you know, John was sleeping. So he didn't record it, but <laughs> we missed it <laughs> and they missed it. <laughs> They missed that encounter with an angel because they were asleep. So it's like, what are you missing when you're sleeping? And when you have that, like in the middle of the night and you wake up, whenever I do, because I do that a lot too, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh God, just wants to spend time with me. Hi God, how are you? But anyway, uh -huh. but when you don't do that, what are you missing? You know what uh -huh. I mean? I've missed, uh -huh. I, I could have missed books that I have written. Mm -hmm. I were me being woken up in the middle of the night with an idea that I had to write, get up, 
get my mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. <laughs> very fleshly tired butt up, or write uh-huh. it down so that I can put it in a book so that somebody else could be inspired by it. And I could have missed that if I was sleeping, if I stayed asleep, even emotionally sleeping. So that's so true. Like, what are you missing when you refuse to stay awake? What are you missing? Right. And we're like, and also another thing is like, we're, and even if you don't want to take it in that aspect, like we're part of God's army, right? We call ourselves mm-hmm. like, you know, God's army. What do army people, um, military people do? They don't always stay awake. They always have a change, right? Like there are some people watching and some mm-hmm. people taking rest and then they mm-hmm. rotate. Mm-hmm. So we have to have that mindset as well. Like we're guarding our spirit. We're guarding you know, the things of God. And we have to have that mindset and just not call ourselves, you know, we're part of the army of God, but we're not doing things part of us to be, you know, in his army. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And I think it is kind of interesting too that he chose Peter, John <laughs> and James like mm-hmm. to be with him and they just, uh, it's almost like, it seems like they fell asleep instantly. Like I said, like, <laughs> they really only recorded <laughs> one sentence. And then I think they just fell asleep after that. I think John, John, like, talks about it in his um, book, but he doesn't really talk about, you know, the whole gift so many things. He, he pretty much leaves out that, you know, he fell asleep and all this kind of stuff like that. And he kind of talks about the prayers. So I think John might have stayed up a little bit longer, but they all fell asleep. So I'm like, why in the world, why do you guys think, that like Jesus chose Peter, John, and James to stay up with him. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the only thing I could think is maybe to illustrate that we're truly, truly human. Jesus was man too, but he was God. So he had more energy and more, you know, vigilance to do more than what we could do. But I guess it might kind of sort of go back to the whole thing of the Bible, just using regular old people to carry out great things or to be a part of something. Just to show everyone that all these people are just like you or the person next to you. They're not, you know, super duper different. Like we're all one and the same even if we come from different backgrounds and so forth. And Peter being that he had a temper, um, you know, things of that nature. Well, um, he, he, he didn't, he didn't, uh, you know, beat anybody up to cut off anything. He just, he just fell asleep. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Huh. I, I'm trying to clue it all together. Cause um, I know that, John and James were brothers, right? Mm-hmm. And I think right. they came from like what Z- Zebedee. Yeah, um, they were like, this is Zebedee, which and, is also a that, bad word to say. That's, Zebedee. That's <laughs> to me. Uh, I think they consider sons of thunder. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. To me, it may have he may have picked the the three that he felt like had the the strongest. Right. Um, kind of like going rock, to war. You want to then... pick your 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 best soldiers. Mm, for I like some that. reason I feel like it was like taking your best guards with you mm. 
Right. Because Peter, like Peter was named Peter by Jesus because he said that he was like a rock. Yeah, right? he's just crazy. And he's angry. <laughs> he's a fighter, man. He will cut off your ear. If you <laughs> he gang. And he did, matter of fact, right after this happened, he did. Um, and then you're right, John and James, the sons of Zebedee's, and that means the sons of thunder. So it was like, you know, two very, like, very strong elements. Mm -hmm. They were all fishermen. So I don't know if that has something to do with it. Hmm. Um, we know that G a well, lot of fishermen do keep watch, though. Huh? Think about it. Fishermen have to be patient, and they do say, um, kind of when you're fishing, you have to be patient, right? And you have to mm -hmm. stay up for a while. So mm -hmm. that could be a correlation too. Like you guys know, you know how to wait patiently for what mm. you want. Mm. Oh. I like that because mm. you know God preordains things, right? So mm -hmm. you know he. <laughs> He made he wanted me to become like you know it was my destiny to become a doctor which happened, but he wouldn't have chose me if I couldn't look at the sight of blood. You know what I'm saying? So he like made me so, so that I could you know be where where I need to be when I need to be there. And maybe that's true for Peter, John, and James. Like they were fishermen, they were already trained to be able to stay up, keep watch, work through the night, because I think a, a, back then a lot of times they would work through the night when the tide was just right and the moon was just right and all the fish, fish were at the surface. And so, you know, they were already accustomed to it. Like he had already trained them to do the specific task that he was going to have them do at that moment in time. And then they still fail, <laughs> which is crazy. But I think we can learn something from that too. Right. And, and, and also, um, I don't know if you guys, um, I think it's in Mark five or 30 something, but it was, um, the resurrection of the little girl, um, Jesus had Peter, yeah. James and John with them. Yeah. And I, I don't know, it, it could be also a friendship that he has with them. Like I, maybe he trusted them more at yeah. Yeah, because he, it was a lot of things that he did with them three. Like, yep. if you think about it. <laughs> yep, it's something about those three. I, and I think that you might be right about that, that they were closer to him, that he had a friendship yeah. with them, that he trusted them, or that mm -hmm. even that he wanted to show us that there's usually only a few people in your circle that you can really trust with your most intimate moments. Because this mm -hmm. is probably one of Jesus's most intimate moments when he cried in the in the garden of Gethsemane and mm -hmm. he probably wanted to show us that, you know, there's only certain people. You got to be very selective of mm -hmm. who you have. Yes. Mm. You have when you're vulnerable. Mm. Jesus, <laughs> that's a word right there. Cause Lord knows people will take that vulnerability and misuse it. If they are not the right people to be around my mm -hmm. God. Amen. Mm. They use it, abuse it, Ooh, no. and they be working with the devil to you hurt you. So. Hit a core. <laughs> <laughs> you can't be telling people all of your problems. You just got to have that select few that you mm. can really trust. Yeah. So. so it's safe to say that that was like his closest friend man, to me. I mean, it's safe for me to say. Yeah, I'll say, so. I say that to you. i say that to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even so still sometimes you're your closest friends because they only human they might be sleeping on you sometimes <laughs> they don't mean you no harm they just tired that's all yeah.
<laughs> like, I'm pretty sure yeah. Jason James and John did not mean <laughs> Jesus no harm. They was just tired. And they had the mm. itis. <laughs> like, right. like Mary Bear said. So, I think it's Why a lot of Why you give me that supper? supper? You knew I had to stay up with you. I told and wine on top of that matter of fact because they was drinking the wine too and you know that make you sleepy yeah it was the spicy lamb I always say it's the spicy lamb <laughs> and it's just like a setup for failure but you know well a setup to show how human we are like humans make mistakes humans have fatigue that we feel tired you know humans get sad and depressed and humans need friends to rely on and our friends are human too so sometimes they make mistakes forgive them anyway because they are human <laughs> and they'll still cut off an ear for you even if they made a mistake and, and slept on you when you needed them the most so i mean there's so much to learn in this story so Mm -hmm. very true all right well final thoughts I would say I'll use your words <laughs> stay awoke don't fall, <laughs> don't, don't, fall, don't, don't fall asleep or you will miss amen. amen I would say the same thing stay woke um, and don't fall asleep because your friends might be really counting on you. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> oh dear, I don't. Let me think for a quick second. Uh, um, maybe just be selective of who you're you're most vulnerable with. Mm -hmm. okay. Keep your circle yeah, one. Keep your circle close and tight. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, even though he has all those disciples, right? He only took a few. Yep. You can have a lot of friends, but it's only a few that you, that are riding for you. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any additional work and friends don't have anything else, you can go ahead and go pray at the end. This is it. Thank y'all for joining us. Uh, as always, we always end in prayer. All right, we're ready to pray out. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for another wonderful, wonderful um, podcast that you have allowed us to be able to finish and accomplish and be able to just speak your word, Lord, to the listeners, Lord God. We thank you, God, for the lessons that you are teaching us as well as our listeners, Lord. We thank you, God, for utilizing us, Lord, for um, your glory, God. We pray, God, that um, as we go through our week, that we take this word into account and stay awoke. That we we take account that every time that we may not be able to sleep at night, that it is you that is calling us your voice or to pray for something that is um, needed for prayer lord we're asking god that you will also guide us lord um this week as we navigate through our week lord whether it's going through work whether it's making um a very special decision lord god whatever is god that we acknowledge that it is your will but not ours because we don't have 
the power to change anything, God. The only thing that we can do is rely on you and trust in you because you have final say, Lord. So, Father God, we ask that you will just bless our path, Lord God, and that you will place us on the path that you have for us um, this week as we go through our week, just giving you praise, glory, honor, and just knowing that you are always there for us. We thank you and we praise you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.